Opening up the Peacock and Williamson Weekly Mailbag, Super Bowl quarterback trends, and our linebackers going the way of the running back. First round value out the window in the NFL draft. Coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. That's where to get those Twitter questions in for our weekly mailbag episodes. Or you can drop a question in the YouTube comments of our brand new YouTube channel. Make sure you are subscribed up there. Hit the notification bell so you know when a new podcast is up on YouTube. And, uh, you know, hit the thumbs up, too, if you like the episode. We always enjoy that. It helps us out quite a bit. And uh, it's mailbag time, so let's get into the questions, Matt. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, there is a, a question from at Williamson NFL to lead things off. There sure is. There's a topic that at Williamson NFL has been wanting to discuss with you. And I don't know where I stole this from, but I'm basically 100% certain it's true. So hang with me. This could be a whole show, to be honest with you. So the 31st or the 31 most recent Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, Pat Mahomes is the most recent, 31 in a row of the quarterbacks that won the Super Bowl, okay? 27 of those 31 are Hall of Famers or soon-to-be Hall of Famers. Breeze, Ben, guys like that. With some small, tiny exceptions. I'm I'm calling Eli a future Hall of Famer. Eh, he's close. I'm calling Matthew Stafford a future Hall of Famer. He's not as close. But you get my drift. At least he's going to be really in the mix. And one of those was Peyton Manning as a Bronco, who was not playing at a Hall of Fame level, but is going to be a Hall of Famer nonetheless. So 27 of the last 31 Super Bowl winning quarterbacks are Hall of Famer types or slam dunk Hall of Famers. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Mahomes, on and on and on. The other four are Brad Johnson, who had a legendary Bucs defense, Trent Dilfer, who had a legendary Ravens defense, Joe Flacco, who got super hot with the Ravens, and Nick Foles, who took over for Wentz and played very, very well in down the stretch for the Eagles. Those four are the outliers. No one thinks they're Hall of Famers. Flacco had a good career. The rest of them didn't. But it's been a while since a quarterback of that ilk with a ridiculous defense has won a Super Bowl as well. So I'm not even sure that that formula works. So... Here's my question to you, BD Peacock, is all the GMs in in the league spinning their wheels or not doing their due diligence? If they look at a good quarterback and, and he's not a Hall of Fame type and really think they have any chance, you know, like I'll bring it on home because I'm going to do a little podcast about this when we're done here about the Steelers in that Kenny Pickett's been here one year. I'm not saying Kenny Pickett stinks or get away from him. But a year from now, if you look at Kenny Pickett or anyone for that matter and say, this is not a Hall of Fame level quarterback, which most aren't and doesn't mean he stinks. 
Should you do everything in your power, no matter what, to get a Hall of Fame quarterback? And is that the only way to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> you know what You're I mean? Right. This could be an entire podcast. Uh, <laughs> so, like, right off the draft bat. one every year. You know, I mean, like, should the Steelers take Richardson at 17? You know what I mean? Like, you don't need one, but the only way I can win this thing is with a Hall of Fame quarterback. Right off the bat. And, th- and this is where it gets into that quarterback purgatory co- conversation we have sometimes with the Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, not a Hall mm-hmm. of Fame quarterback. And if you have Kirk Cousins, you're, you're in a pretty good spot. It's a pretty good quarterback. You know, yeah. you, most weeks you're better than the other team's quarterback. You know, half the other, the other half of the weeks, maybe you're not. You win 10 games. You, but know. you should be trying to get a better quarterback than that because of the what you just talked about. The second thing every year, all the time, I think, though, is, is right. What I'm right. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Draft them wherever you can. You should absolutely um, be trying to find the the Mr. Irrelevant quarterback that could be the next guy. You should be drafting a fifth round quarterback. If you really like a quarterback, draft them. Mm-hmm. No matter what. Anywhere, anywhere in the draft. Right. Adam, bring him in. Get a get a really good backup. Maybe you trade him later for something. Your starter gets hurt. Maybe he ends up, you know, because a lot of these Hall of Fame quarterbacks are, are high draft picks, but some quarterbacks are found by accident or found mm-hmm. under rocks. And, you know, why would you pass on the next Tom Brady if he's sitting there for you in the sixth round of an NFL draft when maybe you're getting a special teams gun, gunner or guy who, you know, doesn't is the 53rd man on your roster anyway. Right. You get undrafted free agents. Do that. So, yeah, it's the most important position in sports. So why don't why do teams only just take one swing every five years at it? Right. That's kind of where I'm going with this is if you're a GM across the league, should every GM be more aggressive than they are in search for this player? Even if they don't, you and I aren't big on Will Levis, but why not fight of the app with Will Levis, even though I need a corner way more. You know what I mean? Like again, the Steelers, they just drafted one last year. Boy, they need a corner, but Will Levis is there. Take him. He might be a hall of famer. By that logic, there's really only, three, four, five teams that shouldn't take a quarterback. You know what I mean? Like Jacksonville, I'll say, don't do that yet. You know, I mean, the Steelers, not yet, but probably a year from now, you're going to say Kenny's not a Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? Like most aren't. But the Chiefs, Bills, the the Bengals, don't draft a quarterback. But everyone else should just like take bites at the apple over and over and over and over. It doesn't have to be a first round bite because I think like Jordan – Love is a good example. Like the, the Packers hurt their chances to get to win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers by drafting that quarterback in the first round. But does he turn out to be a great quarterback and they enhance their ability to win a Super Bowl post Aaron Rodgers because they took him? Does he turn out to be great? Or could they have just gone back and gotten a quarterback this year when it was all over? Right. Mm-hmm. So there's times I think it makes sense. Times it doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to be first round. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, any certain round. But if, if you see a, a, a talented quarterback that you think can develop into something, draft him. Don't hurt your football team overall because you have to build a team around that quarterback because no quarterbacks won a Super Bowl without other good players on their team as well. Of course. Um, the other part of the thing. So I, I do agree with you. Teams do not put enough emphasis on getting quarterbacks, oddly enough, in, in the NFL, aside from being a bad team that drafts in the top of the draft and they have. To right, draft right, right. And sometimes they that's when they shouldn't draft the quarterback because that guy's not there but they're forcing it and i think we might see that in this point. very yeah. NFL draft in 2023 the other part of your thing you're talking about and this is why i am uh, uh not a big hall of fame guy or like the hall of fame argument because i think what happens is it's not that you got a hall of fame quarterback it's that the it, it's the criteria is the other way around they became a hall of fame quarterback because they won the super bowls like you know, eli's a perfect example right yeah, Eli Manning was never a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he won Super Bowl, so now he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. So the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame thing gets flipped. And 
and it, and you can have Dan Marino and not one one. You know, it doesn't guarantee yeah. it as well. You know, what which I mean? is build a team around that guy. And and right, obviously right. Miami Dolphins were good, but didn't but failed to build a you know a championship caliber team around that guy. And they got to they got close a couple times, but ultimately could not win it. the The other thing I'll say uh, about quarterbacks and where you find them and how to get them is if if you're and by the way again with the Hall of Fame conversation is there a is there a hall of fame head coach that didn't have a hall of fame quarterback is know, there a hall of fame quarterback that, right. that didn't have a hall of fame coach you know sure um build a great team and you could then the quarterback's jobs get, get easier well, and then he gets all votes and then you win super bowl <laughs> yeah it like it's a lot harder though to have that we have the best defensive in, in the nfl with brad johnson we're going to win a super bowl because it's been a long time when's the last time that happened the ravens i was just, say i i think that's extinct yeah, I mean, I guess the Peyton Manning Bronco Von Miller team, you know. Yes, yes, but he was still in kind of a that guy quarterback mentally still. Right, right, but right. I think right. that's enough, even though his arm talent and his physical ability wasn't what it was when he was younger, and he was never like the most physically gifted guy in the world. Although he could mm-hmm. throw, I think it's not enough credit for how well he could throw the ball. Um, I, I was blown away. I went to Seattle to see the Colts early, pretty early in in. Uh, in Manning's career, it was after he was already a star quarterback, but early, like, you know, entering his prime Peyton Manning, okay. uh, saw the Seahawks against the the Colts in Seattle. And just the ball came out different. I loved seeing him in person live. That was one of the first times where I saw, man, okay, just the way this guy performs, plays, throws the football is different. And it's not like, cause he had this crazy cannon of an arm, but there was just something different about how the ball came out of his hand, how he played. And you could really see it in person. And it struck me versus India. And I'd seen, you know, Joe Montana play live at Candlestick mm-hmm. Park, you know, and I'd seen Steve Young play live and, and it was a little bit different with, with Peyton Manny. But um, anyway, getting off topic here. I have the, a story pre- along those lines too. <laughs> premise of your question and sort of like looking at say, the Steelers, if you think you got Kirk Cousins in Kenny Pickett, keep looking. Maybe it's time to get out. Keep looking. Yeah, you don't have to Flip bail out completely right. because maybe he's more than that. Because I don't think anybody looked at Tom Brady in year two of his career and thought, oh, this guy is the next. Oh, we got it. We're set. Yeah. This is the next greatest quarterback of all time. Right. Yeah. So let because there's more than just physical ability. Because if you're just waiting for someone that runs like Michael Vick and throws like – um you know, Patrick Mahomes, you're, you're never going to build a football team. Right. So 27, of the last 31, and those other four were not recent have at least been damn good quarterbacks or some of the best we've ever seen. And I guess my point is, is it ever too early to turn over every stone on the planet, whether that means going to Mongolia because you heard of some quarterback and be in quest of finding a great one, no matter what you have in the state. I'll put it this way. Let's say there's a fall of quarterbacks and, and uh, you know, Will Levis, I think is a, is a good option there. Or even if Anthony Richardson, cause he's very different than Kenny Pickett. If you're the Steelers right. and Anthony Richardson's there at 17, you're going to draft a, a take good, you might draft a pretty good player. Uh, I think I mocked a starting corner to the Steelers, right? Sure. Sure. Maybe get Joey Porter Jr. Or whatever. Anthony yeah, Richardson right. Could be, and you still could give him another year behind Kenny Pickett. See what Kenny Pickett is. Maybe Kenny Pickett will get you back another pick anyways next year. And you'd like Anthony Richardson going forward. Maybe he mm-hmm. uh, raises your ceiling. Yeah. Like you don't have to go crazy and trade all your picks up to go get somebody in the top five. But if somebody falls and you're still not sure, and as long as and look, if Kenny Pickett can't handle the the competition, then you know he's not the guy anyway. Kenny Pickett will say what Aaron Rodgers said. Well, you just wasted a pick. That was dumb, 
right? Yeah, right, right, and, right. Good. And then I got better quarterback play. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not so, crazy. It'll never happen, but it's not crazy, and teams don't think that way. They just don't think that way. I, I just wanted to throw that out there that maybe they should. You know, like, if LeBron – if the Bulls were picking first overall because Michael Jordan was injured that year and LeBron came out, they wouldn't be like, ah, we already got one of those. Well, <laughs> let's take the seven-footer right. that can't run. You know what I mean? And he can just rebound for Michael all day. You know, the, uh, the, the San Antonio Spurs went through that. Yeah. David Robinson got hurt. They ended up with Tim, Dun- the Tim Duncan. Then they had the Twin Towers, right? They had mm-hmm. two big men and dominated and won a whole bunch of titles because of it. So um, anyway, the, the last thing we I'll already say, got one, we'll be fine. Yeah, no, you know, just take the, the downside the, of this, which is why I'm saying, you know, the, the Jordan Love thing is like, OK, you don't because once you already have one, you don't need to go into the first round and keep doing that because then it's redundant. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't help your football team. How, and the circus around it is bad, I think, for your football team inside it out and especially for the fan base, because and that's where I would say that the, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none thing really resonates is the circus around having two high-profile quarterbacks can be really bad for a franchise, too. They can. There's some personality stuff. Right. There's personality stuff. The fans go crazy. The media won't stop writing about it because it's just endless content for people. You know, every podcast or every radio show is going to constantly talk about it. One bad play here. Now the guy's right behind you. So, you know, drafting mid-round quarterbacks might be the way to go to try to unearth the guy there. Try to find your Russell Wilson, your – uh, you know, your Brock Purdy rather than just right, going, yeah. oh, we're just going to go keep first round every year. And then you don't get good players for the rest of your football team. So there is, there's a downside to going overboard with that too. And I think the Packers have been a good lesson because they went from Favre to Rogers, but did they hurt themselves by going to Jordan Love or is Love the next lineage of that next Hall of Fame quarterback maybe that they're going to have in Green Bay? We'll see. I, I know we got to go to break, but real quick, you mentioned the Packers because they were great at this during like the Ron Wolf era before the Love experiment was – Oh, we'll take Hasselbeck and Brunel and guys that have really good careers, even though we have Brett Favre that never even misses a snap. And we got Aaron Rodgers. You know, I mean, we have great dudes. Or even the Brady era, they drafted Jimmy, Brissett, you know, a lot of day two quarterbacks and took fights at the Apple. And maybe the best example is the Super Bowl runner-up. Carson Wentz is a stud, but shouldn't every team take Jalen Hurts in the second round? You yep. know what I mean? Yep, in the second round too. Yeah, yeah in the so. second round. Fantastic stuff. Uh, more questions. Linebackers. Devin White on the trade market. Maybe he wants out. That Williamson uh, NFL guy should send more tweets in. He knows a lot of he's stuff. Got a good. Yeah, <laughs> we, we already <laughs> have the we already have the the Jerry Rice of question askers. But maybe uh, it's maybe Lawrence the, Taylor. Yeah, Lawrence, <laughs> Jim Brown. Yeah, right. The Mean Joe Green of. There you go. Make it a Pittsburgh question guy. askers. And uh, first round linebackers should they go extinct next? Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of being an NFL GM, thought you'd make a good GM, being in charge, building yourself an NFL roster. Well, you could do so with Ultimate Football GM, the mobile game app. It is super fun, realistic, and uh, it it can be um, it could be somewhat challenging as well to try to build that next dynasty. Play through twenty five seasons to see if you can best those. Brady and Belichick Patriots. And when you play Ultimate Football GM, you get control of every aspect and strategic managerial decision of your franchise. You are selling naming rights if you want to. You're hiring and firing the right coaches, playing a certain style, a scheme on offense and defense, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms, navigating your franchise, of course, through free agency, the draft, personnel issues that pop up, 
throughout a season, which might surprise you in Ultimate Football GM. All this in a challenging and realistic game world, completely free and playable offline, play on the go as and when you want to. And Locked On listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise in-game when using promo code Locked On. That's Locked On, all caps, one word. So make sure you check it out today. Download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. So with the news of Devin White, Matt, and we've got a question here uh, from Sammy about this when it, as it pertains to to Devin White. And uh, there's been more questions and shout out to listeners that, that send us questions all the time and we don't always get to them. There's always a lot of great questions. It was like, should teams just stop drafting first round linebackers? And when you look at the list of linebackers that have gone in the first round in recent history, there's a pretty darn good argument. And it might even be a better argument than the argument for not drafting a first round running back just because the hit rate's not even as good as running backs, even though the positional value might be better when you do get that star linebacker. We just see so many, we see as many star linebackers and probably more come from, you know, mid round picks than we see from, from first round picks. So with Devin white, first of all, let's talk about the news angle of this with Devin white. Um, Multiple sources say that Devin white has requested a trade right now. The Buccaneers aren't, uh, anxious to trade him we'll see if that ends up happening he went in that first round with a guy that you're very familiar with familiar with in Devin Bush who's you know probably not lived up to his first round billing and like should we just stop doing it should we stop doing it yes the answer short answer is yes the longer one's going to be this whole segment I have a feeling because (laughs) you mentioned Bush I write for a local site here DK Pittsburgh Sports and I wrote I was not defending Devin Bush, but I was. I wrote a long article before the season started, this past offseason, about how what Bush is going through isn't uncommon. And I went back to the 2013 draft, which is basically 10 drafts worth, and cited every first-round linebacker. And I'm defining linebacker. T.J. Watts on a linebacker. Off-the-ball, second-level guy. You know, not, you know, so some of these guys are listed as linebackers, but I'm talking about off-the-ball guys. And the hit rate is brutal. Even a guy like Roquan Smith started slow. You know, I mean, like his first two years were okay. Now he's one of the best linebackers in the league. To your point, your boy Fred Warner, Leonard, a lot of the best guys are day two guys. Now, I think the reason that there's such a high bust rate for off-the-ball linebackers is it's much more, I hate the word instinctive, but it's much more of an instinctive read-and-react mental uh position than it is run real fast and Devin White's the perfect example of this he has so much bad tape and so much unbelievable tape because he's a great athlete and he guessed right and he also lined up next to Levante David and told him everything to do and behind Vita Vea like he had the easiest linebacker life in the world and he wants to get paid like Edmonds or Roquan which is laughable to me I mean that's why he wants traded so I think people draft traits and speed and just say, I want the guy that flies all over the field where he takes two steps to his left when the smaller or the smarter, slower guy doesn't take any false steps and he gets there sooner, you know? So if you want, I'll, I'll spit off the names that have gone since 2013, but it's really bad. Yeah. Do you have it pulled up? Cause I was just about to do the same thing because it's a, it's, it's, it's stark when you, uh, I've been using the word Stark a lot this week. Hmm. I, I, I got to go back into the, the source. Um, Your son it, into Iron Man or something like that? No? <laughs> <It's amazing. laughs> 
I just don't have very many words left in this. No, this happens yeah. every draft season to me, Matt. The more new prospects I put into my brain, the more of the my past life I forget because there's not oh, enough. Oh, sure. Wait it's, full, get it's full yeah, inside yeah. the stone. Yeah, 100%. All right, so I do have the list. Just bear with me. And I'm not going to talk about each one. But Alec Ogletree, not so great. Uh, I'm going to call Anthony Barr an off-the-ball linebacker. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ryan yeah. Shazier got hurt, was going the right direction. C.J. Mosley, decent career. Then it starts to get pretty bad. Uh, Shaq Thompson was fine. If it took him a while with the Panthers. Stefan Anthony with the Saints, yuck. Uh, Deron Lee, the middle of the first round for the Jets, not good. Uh, then we go to Hassan Reddick. I'm not going to count him because they just used him wrong. He's really an edge. Uh, mm. Jared Davis, that's really bad. Yeah. Um, Ruben Foster, probably for not football reasons. Yeah. Roquan started slow. Tremaine Edmonds started slow. Leighton Van Der Esch has been very up and down. Started fast. That started was a, fast. Right, right, right. Good of, uh, Roquan and Tremaine Edmonds. So at least there's yep. some hits in that first round in 2018. And Rashawn Evans is currently unemployed and is not a hit. Is also a first rounder there. Devin White, Devin Bush. Neither have lived up to their billing, despite White's play in postseason and whatnot. I want to just re- retreat yeah, back to real quick because uh, Roquan and Tremaine Edmonds they got big second contracts, which is the indicator that they were hits yeah, eventually. Yeah, yeah. Than, you know, but started slow. Leighton Vander Esch was a really good player. He started quicker for the Dallas Cowboys. But that's the draft where you look. And it's like, oh man! So you got these height, weight, speed guys, and they were hits in the first round. But then you look. That's the year, twenty eighteen. You look. Okay, round two. Well, Darius Leonard better than both of them. Yeah, uh, right, Warner, right. third round better than both of them. So even in that draft where you had some first round hits, you still had better guys later. And I also think it just takes time. Like these guys that look like bus, it just it's like a tight end. I think it's just a really really hard position to adjust to in the NFL. Because guys like Kyle Shanahan toy with your mind. You know what I mean? Like, they just show mm-hmm. you so much stuff. So, 2020 was pretty bad. Isaiah Simmons is still trying to find his way as the eighth pick in the draft. Kenneth Murray, bad. Jordan Brooks has had moments, but is hurt a lot. Patrick Queen has not lived up to the first-round billing. Micah Parsons is a stud, but he's a little different. Zayvon Collins. And he's an Reddick thing is like, where well, he you kind of drafted him as an off-ball guy, thinking you might put him there, and you realize, well, his value's at edge anyway. So, from the off-ball yeah. You know, still not that hit as a pure off-ball linebacker. Zayvon Collins and Jamin Davis were first-rounders in that draft. Not so great. And then Quay Walker and Devin Lloyd, I'm not going to condemn them yet. They were rookies. Yeah, but um, Quay Walker especially was a, a bad draft choice. I'm going yes, to go ahead out there. And Lloyd got worse as the season went on. He looked good early. Yeah, and so it's – don't do it. Don't do it. To your point, and I, I'm I'm in your corner more than I'm not in terms of don't draft running backs in the first round. Again, I'll bring it back to the Steelers. Najee Harris is far from a superstar. But if you draft him in the end of the first round, middle of the first round, the chance of him busting is almost none. I mean, the running backs at least contribute, and maybe they get hurt a lot. Maybe they're not worth the money. But if you're a first-round running back, you're four cheap years that you beat the crap out of them. The fifth year, you, you, ta- you take the fifth-year option. And then even the sixth year is only like a $10 million franchise tag. Mm-hmm. You run them into the ground and kick them to the parking lot, you know, and you, at least you got six years of usefulness out of it. Yeah. And, and it's rough to be that linebacker or the running back that goes through that and, and can't get that right. long-term contract. But it, it, the hit rate is better than a linebacker for sure for running right. back. And especially so to, using the Steelers, we're, we're going to use the Steelers as our model today. Um, w- when you look at drafting Devin Bush at 10, 
and they he's a traded tenth, up right? for and gave up a future first for. Oh, that was so that was two first rounders spent on Devin Bush versus 20 to 10. Najee Harris, who's in the 20s, where you might your quote unquote first round grades might be gone and off the board anyway. Right, right. Then that's clearly that's a better draft pick, even though he's a running back versus the the linebacker all day. Oh, the Devin Bush pick was the worst pick they've made in 10 or 20 years Mm because of the cost. Right. So, yeah, short answer. Teams. Yeah, we, we've got we've got a couple of sh- good short answers here on, on today's podcast so far, and we'll get uh, into some more questions here to finish it up. But the the short answers are yes, teams should focus more on finding quarterbacks throughout the draft. Yep, and, and Hall of Fame quarterbacks are good. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. exactly. and yeah. winning Super Bowls are good, and yeah. stop yeah. drafting first round linebackers. Hundred percent. I'm I'm very on board with that. I, I need to find that li- that article I wrote because it was in in depth of why and a lot of examples. All right, we've got uh, speaking of the the Packers and their quarterback situation, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets and the Packers and the standoff there. We got a question about that and how it could end and why it is what it is. And what about a crazy swap of uh, of star young quarterbacks in the NFL next? Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network. For your second listen, check out Locked On NFL Scouting, the newest on the network from the draft dudes. Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino take you through salary cap management, the draft, and free agency, NFL successful franchise building, every aspect of that every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the draft dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And, of course, make sure you subscribe up to Peacock and Williamson on the new YouTube channel as well locked on nfl draft we've got tons of draft coverage and oh yeah behind the scenes working on that yearly uh mock draft network wide mock draft special as hosted by matt williamson and brian peacock every year that is coming your way as well so uh here's one that i think could be a short answer from bradley on twitter should baltimore and arizona consider a quarterback swap no it's, it doesn't help either team. And uh, to be honest with you, I probably still want Lamar if I'm either one of those teams. I don't even think it's close. Like yeah, you, so. if you're going to give me Kyler and that contract and he's injured, like you got to give me something to take that, not take my best player off me. And just a better track record of winning games. And I know there's a lot more to it and I'm not a QB wins guy, but uh, give me Lamar all day. And uh, it doesn't really help Arizona either except for that they might be able to work their way in and not love what they see behind the scenes from uh from their quarterback and and maybe it's a way for them to just to get some new blood with a new regime so i could see it from arizona's side but they would never do it uh from a pr standpoint and um baltimore should not consider that no Uh, kyler murray i'm I'm not saying he's a terrible player but what his contract and injury and size situation is and maybe his lack of leadership you would he would be low on my list of quarterbacks to to add to my team with all those things considered. Uh, no thanks. I'd rather somebody else had to deal with that. Joey Bag of Donuts. Oh, asked, lastly, I want to throw one more thing. I, I saw this yesterday too. Games that Lamar has started and finished, he's won. And I'm not a big quarterback win guy either, but he's won about seventy five percent of them. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> Uh, Joey Bag of Donuts asks, if Aaron Rodgers can only go to the Jets, then why don't the Jets offer a low draft pick and that's it? The Packers are in a really tough spot here. Uh, my, my short answer to that one is, that's probably what they have offered, but the Packers don't think it's <laughs> enough, so that's where we are with the standoff. 
Packers, yeah, I think that's what's happening. Packers want more. I don't love right. their leverage. Every day that goes by lessens the Packers' leverage. So you just need one of those points in the NFL offseason to create this trade and make it happen. And one of those is once the Jets spend pick 13, well, the Packers can't ask for it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you saw this, but I saw a clip. It was from Schefter or or one of those guys saying, don't expect Rodgers to be a Jet until after the draft. Yeah. You know, which maybe that's just. And the Packers have to play it out. If they want more, they can just wait and hope that mm-hmm. the, the Jets get antsy and come back to the table with just a little more and, and make them feel better about it. But the, after picks are spent, then, and if you're the Jets, so after Thursday night, the Jets spend pick 13. So the Packers, sorry, can't have that one. We've already, you know, we've, we've played that hand and um, we played that card and the 13th pick is now off the table and you're the Packers. You're like, well, maybe we should do this deal so we can get one of those seconds before that's spent on Friday. And yeah, so right, right. that's maybe when a deal could happen during draft weekend. And then if not, you're talking about future picks and it's a deal that happens later in the summer. Maybe it happens Thursday night, you know, after the round one mm-hmm. in the books, you know, Friday morning, something like that. Uh, real quick, BP, I kind of teased this earlier because you mentioned going to see Manning live. The The year I was with the Browns, I didn't travel with the team, but I went to every home game. There was no reason for me to travel. I could get more tape work and stuff done at home. I didn't need to be on a plane. I watched it, of course. But I went to every game. And it, it seems stupid in, in a way it kind of is. But they wanted us scouts to walk the perimeter, be on the field, look at all the opponents' position groups, just get a real feel for what NFL players look like live, you know, five feet away from them. They're warming up. I'm right there next to them on the field. And it was awesome because, like, I remember the Ravens came to town and, you know, it's well before the game. And Ed Reed, Lewis, Ray Lewis, Ogden, and Rod Woodson are all in the corner by themselves, Hall of Fame in it, yucking it up. You know, like, no one else was allowed in that little triumphant there, you know, like, but to your point about Manning, Carson Palmer came to town. And I was, you know, from me to that door away, watching him just warm up and throw a football. And I went, oh, that's what the first overall pick looks like throwing the ball. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like He's big, wow. strong, uh, yes. an athlete, even though he doesn't run 4-4. You know, you just see this like, oh, this, this is a different. Effortless 40-yard yeah. outs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, uh, oh, that's the first overall pick. And it dawned, you know, that just dawned on you. Know, like, he's not quite the. The Hall of Famer back to the original spot, but in his prime, he was the second or third best quarterback in the league. And it was like, that's a dude. We don't have that guy. And you can overvalue that too, because you see that person and you start to say, oh, we've got to change our draft board. And I think that's why you see with draft media, you go to the combine and you see all these things and you see Anthony Richardson throw and you're like, okay, wait a second. This needs to be a top five pick and not a, a 20th pick. But then teams build their boards based on more tape work than that. And so... That's why I think when you see guys rising in the NFL draft, it might not be the case with NFL draft boards. They may have already risen or, uh, you know, they may have already been there or it's actually mm-hmm. it's, you know, like the Malik Willis thing last year. It's like, oh, this guy's got to be a top five pick. Look at him throw. You see him throw next to the other guys. You see all this athleticism. It's like, ah, not really, because there's a lot of other factors of stuff, involved, too. Right. So you can make mistakes based on that. Mm-hmm. Um because you still got to have everything else, but it, it is different when you see, and probably any of these, like when you see an edge prospect walk in, you're like, okay, yeah, that's. There's Julius Peppers. I'll take him. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'll get right, 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 right. Sold on that one. But we're not selling jeans here, you know, as, <laughs> as they say in Moneyball, right. Yeah. That's a great quote. I love that. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're going to finish but up. In football, with... you're selling jeans more than you are in baseball. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> well, for sure. Well, it's amazing how much a GM will factor in a player that has one inch longer uh, arm reach than the other. 
Oh yeah, or, or you hear the or old school guys, you know, bad face, or you know, I don't know <laughs> good looking kids. You know, like you can't, you don't want to put an ugly guy on your poster and draft him number one overall. <laughs> like doesn't have this guy doesn't look like the quarterback. Yeah, I can't, I can't put him on the billboard. Right. Uh, I we're gonna finish it up here, and it kind of ties into that linebacker running back thing. He says. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers and Buffalo Bills can be real Super Bowl contenders if they have a closer dominant running back. So if you're okay with Rams mortgaging their soul to win a Super Bowl, then teams drafting, say, Bijan Robinson to get over the hump in the first round should not get any flack from analytics mafia. I mostly agree. I mean, because I don't think Najee Harris was a good pick going back 10 minutes, but Bijan's much better. It would be a late first. It would not be, you know, turning your nose up at a, franchise left tackle or shut down corner you know you're in those 20s neighborhood but Austin Eckler's pretty good and the Chargers haven't won anything with him I know he's not a closer back like he mentioned but I mean is he gonna I would not condemn either team for them taking Bijan I think Izaz has it half right the Chargers mm-hmm. you could find a closer running back and you can find dominant running backs later in the draft too that's the other yeah, thing right, right. Is that you can find Austin Eckler where'd you find him right mm-hmm. um so for the Chargers, no. But for the Bills, absolutely. And I actually had the Bills, yeah. which is a very non-Brian Peacock thing to do. I had the Bills trading up to draft Bijan in my mock draft. So getting over the hump and winning a Super Bowl, if you get a player that can help you get there, that absolutely makes sense. I don't think that Rams did a great thing mortgaging their soul to win a Super Bowl because they were a, a dropped interception away from not getting out of the NFC Championship game and into the Super Bowl and would have still blown up later. Uh, so I don't, but they did win their ring. So that's cool. And they might have some dark days because of it afterwards. So at least they got their ring. So, you know, score one for the Rams, but that can also go very South. And so I I don't love the strategy of the Rams. I would rather be in it every year than to have that one peak and then, uh, fall off a cliff and have to completely rebuild if that's the way the Rams go. And we'll see how competitive they are this year. But I bet I absolutely can buy a running back if he's a difference maker and he has to, because like the closer part of it, I don't agree with, but if you're a dif- difference maker in the passing game and right. you're an every right. down running back, which B. John Robinson is, and you're a team that's close to a Super Bowl, has the other things in place, sure. And the other thing that's different about the two teams is the city of Los Angeles and the city of Buffalo in December and January are slightly different. Weather. Oh, very much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely different closer vibe there. Yeah. What you what you need late in the season, December, yeah. January. Thanks, everybody, for all the fantastic questions on Twitter. And uh, don't forget, you can drop questions in on YouTube as well. Make sure you're subscribed up to the new YouTube channel of Peacock and Williamson. And hit the thumbs up, hit the notification, and all of those things. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Apologies to those questions we did not get to. But keep them coming. We're going to hit the mailbag again next week. Getting ready for this NFL draft. Just almost two weeks away now. Matt and I back tomorrow, Peacock and Williamson.